welcome to episode two of the Under the Rhythm podcast. My name's Ben Malone, and over the course of this series, I'm speaking to some of the most exciting talent in the game, talking to them about their influences, their plans for the future, what makes a good track, how they do their productions, and everything in between. Now, in this episode, I'm really excited to be joined by Frankie Wah and Blueprint, two incredibly exciting producers who are making some amazing music. I'm a big fan of both of them. Really happy to have them on the show. So let's jump straight into it. We kick off this episode with another round of Crate Diggers. Now, I like to start this podcast off with a, a little section called Crate Diggers, and it's, I find it's an easy way to, to get to know you both through your music. Um, so I've asked you both to, to think of three records that throughout your journey so far, whether that's you know, childhood up to you know, success now, that, that have been significant in that. Um, and I, if it's all right with you guys, we'll kind of go through them one by one and just you know, yeah. have a little chat about them. So should we start with, with you, J- Blueprint? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what's the first one I've done here? It's um, it's a song called "Cyclic" by Manu Desret, and it was um, you know this, you know the circus brand, Youssef Circus. Mm. Yeah. So obviously that's local to me. So those are the first kind of parties I went to. And there's a DJ there who works for them called Lewis Boardman, and he was it was the first one of the first raves I went to, and it's the first time I've witnessed someone like room up a warm um, room up a warm warm up a room properly. And he played this mm. track, and it's just. Have a little listen after after this. It just builds and builds and builds, and there's no real drop, if you like. It's just a proper builder. It's euphoric, and that's um, it's one of those tracks. I remember when I got my first set of decks. I used to always put that into me little. You know, when you look out your window and you envision a crowd and your DJ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when did you get? Tracks. When did you get your first decks? When when was yeah, DJ and kind of on the was, agenda? Six. Since birthday, I got um, what is it? A Pioneer DDJ SSB. Yeah, I had, had um, two decks and four channels. Nice, nice, Frankie. What about you? Mine, um, I've got to stick to my guns. It's the same. I've I've had this question come up a lot of times. I've got to say the same thing. It's a uh, Paffendorf. Be cool. It was uh, out around two thousand one, two thousand two. Trance. Um, if you don't, I don't know if either of you know the record. But it's ultimate, again, like what you're referencing, like euphoria. Uh, I just remember the the chords in that just hit, hit me, do you know, where it really yeah. gets you. And a nice trancy melody, was it? Absolutely, mate. Idea. And I mean, it's it's um, it's a little bit iffy now, looking back. I mean, it samples <laughs> um, a George Clooney line out of the film, Dust Till Dawn. But it's just an amazing record, and I'll I'll never forget how it made me feel uh, like ten, eleven years old. Um, and it's so wh- on the where did you the, hear the it? First, I heard it, mate. Being I used to play football. Um, uh, I used to actually play for Leeds, and I'd finished football training and had to do the food shop with my mum. And I don't know if you remember, or they might still do it to be fair. In Tesco, they used to play a CD demo in a CD on um, a CD player. And you put the headphones on and you could... No, it was playing out loud. Oh, right, okay. And I walked past and I thought, what the, fu- what the fuck is this tune? Like, and uh, I thought, right, I've got to have it. And I went back and got it with my Just life before she's on. Yeah, exactly, bro. Yeah, yeah it was <laughs> life before. Old school. Cause yeah, so Tesco <laughs> has like a bit of relevance for me there because I, I later on uh, had to wait for Roger Sanchez another chance and my dad was had to nip in to get some food again for my mum from um, Tesco. He nipped in and he's like, you coming in? I said, no, I've got to wait till 
they announced this song. I need to find out what it is because Shazam wasn't about them, was it? Nah. So, big up Tesco. All right, Jack, what's your second record, Ben, that is of particular significance to your musical journey? Uh, Chemical Brothers' Star Guitar. Nice. And that, that's when, when, when I, well, I enjoyed the track only, but when I found out the actual samples from um, the David Bowie track, you know, Starman, that's, that's when I thought sampling's not just a case of zooming in, picking out the kitchen or picking out the hi-hat. You can really go in and get pretty detailed with sampling. Because, you well, when you listen back, you can tell once you know. But mm. it's, quite, it's quite blurry, do you know what I mean? What age was this when you were starting to consider like sampling then and, and kind of the intricacies of actual production stuff then? Um, so this would have been a couple of years ago when I was about 17 when I first started actually producing. Well, well now I've got quite a lot of hardware, fallen in love with hardware and get inspired from it. But before that, when I was just laptop based, it was all just sampling, going on YouTube, um, recording little bits in and just warping them and adding them into Simpler and Ableton and stuff like that. And Frankie, you're you're a big advocate of of hardware as well, aren't you? Both of you kind of big on the hardware stuff. Yeah, I think it's um, it feel to be more hands on. It feels a lot more uh, pure in a way. I don't know if that's the right word because it's not to suggest that if you're not doing it that way, it isn't pure. But it just feels can feel a bit better, can't it, Jack? Yeah, um, it's more inspiring. It well, it's it's that. It's, well, it's that physical connection I find, and you get yeah, happy that's access, it, which you can't get. You can't Absolute, get by clicking absolutely, with a mouse. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's you, definitely you might, you something might, to touch on. Yeah, you might try and tweak something on, on the way back and knock one of the knobs or whatever. And then you yeah, get this but that, crazy well, that's what I was just about to say. The amount of times Pot Walk, right? There's a track that I've got coming out on the Revival and I've called it um, a belly cord because my stomach hit it. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I was like, fuck, that sounds good. <laughs> and, they, and there we are. So I often yeah. try a belly cord when I'm struggling in the fucking... Yeah, in the, Sam, you're out of the desk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <come> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and then Frankie, I guess, num- number two track from you then. Well, it's got to be Ro- what I mentioned earlier, Roger Sanchez, uh, Another Chance, mm. because that kind of dragged my attention away from being heavily into hip-hop. Um, and that's, it's weird how sort of my taste in music has always gone because I've always kind of gone in and out. And what actually started me producing was coming out away from house again and back into hip hop. And Scott Storch is like a, a massive influential producer for me that made me want to start producing. So when I actually started producing, I just started sampling lots of stuff regarding hip hop. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. But the song, going back to the, the subject we're on about, the song would have another song for me would have to be Roger Sanchez Another Chance, which I think we could all all agree is it stood the test of time. It still sounds great now, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I think such a significant track for a lot of people kind of in yes. this in this yeah. industry. And, yeah. and Frankie, just touching on like hip hop and stuff, your your sound as an artist has has changed over time significantly yeah. right you'd say you know i think it, absolutely it's fair to say that you started more in the kind of house production tech, tech house, house kind of stuff yeah and then it was it all changed it all yeah. changed yeah it was and, um how do i put this we can we, it's no old bad on this this podcast right <laughs> i um i had 
an amazing experience in uh, Barcelona at Sonar. It was sunrise <laughs> and I was coming up, shall we say, <laughs> and I just came back with a newfound respect for music and I just thought instantly I want to change what I'm making and I want to make it more of a feeling. And if people, you know, quite often people, and I don't know if you get this, Jack, the message you're like, oh, yeah, your music's amazing, but you need to make a banger. And I'm like, no, I don't. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is a feeling. Bangers are bangers, and I love bangers, but um, they're two completely different things, and different heads perceive music differently, don't they? So, yeah. what's, what's I feel, a banger? I feel like our music's quite similar in that respect as well. We're trying to take it on more of a journey and not a case Absolutely. of trying yeah. to smash someone's head in with a heavy job. No, exactly. And I think that the, over the last few years, because of social media and whatnot, it has definitely changed the way people are producing music because so many songs you'd see on an Instagram clip with a crowd going wild and you think, fucking hell, this sounds amazing. And, and then you'd, you'd download it and think, right, well, it was just a great drop. The rest of the track's flat as fuck. And, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's not me firing shots either. No, no, that's an awkward laugh of there, just in case you're going to fire some names up then. <laughs> no, no, I, I would never never do that because he, I'm not um, a genre snob at all. Each to their own. Everyone's on their own path, their own journey. And I respect all genres. Um, I'm not like that at all. But it, it was sad to see, because music now is more kind of disposable than ever, and it's consumed so fucking quick, isn't it? Like, yeah. What do I think? There's a crazy stat of about eighteen thousand tracks a day uploaded to Spotify. I mean, that's aggressive, man. Yeah. So, and dance music's would, the uh, the genre with the most uploads by quite a long way. Is, as well. is it really? So there yeah. you go. So it's it was scary to see what the house scene was always about a, a journey and an experience was kind of getting changed for just bam, bang, bang. You know. That's what I find a lot of sets nowadays, especially with festival culture and people really playing for an hour. It seems like they show up and they just want to smash it out. Mm. Bang, bang, but what bang. else can you do, Jack, as mm. well? It's a double-edged sword because if you go up and try yeah, and when you've create, got that hour. how can you create a journey in an hour? Mm. You can't. So it's, it's hard in that sense. But, you know, and I think ravers of today, they, they don't realise how lucky they are like, an eight hours, eight hour, eight hours of raving, and you might have eight DJs on, and it's like, yeah. and eight headline DJs as well. Yeah, you know, it's crazy, really, isn't it? Do we think that that might change now? As kind of, you know, it's, it's the, I think the festival will. event industry is is probably amongst the hardest hit by this, you know, current situation. Yeah, of, well, of all I, I think it will in case of, in terms of just being able to afford all those headliners, they're going to have to start on a lot of smaller budgets when these come back, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, yeah, we'll hopefully see. Except yeah. more, more length and sets. And I, I, I want to I wanna see a balance now. And I've said, regardless, obviously, you and, you and I, everyone's sat here now. We, we all want to shoot for the stars and be massive. And it, you've got to take everything into account. But I've always stood to my guns, and I will throughout my career. And you can, this is on record now, so anyone can bring this back and show me <laughs> this. But I always want to make sure there's a balance of, all right, he is doing the big headline festivals, but I can also catch him at a 200 cap venue for a, an affordable price because I don't think you should ever forget that, where you came from and why we're doing this because I can hand on heart say 
that fame, money, all of it, it's all secondary to what I want to achieve out of this. I want to achieve uh, putting out amazing music that I'm proud of and that people connect with. And I want to travel the world and meet amazing people playing it. And anything else that comes with that is just an added bonus, but it is certainly not um, what I'm striving for. Music saved me, mate. It sounds dramatic, but I'm sure everyone can uh, can agree to a, di- a certain degree. It saves you all the time on a daily basis. It just takes you away, doesn't it? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We'll just be able to just throw a couple of songs at the speaker or listen yeah. to your headphones in. Just switch off, can't you? Yeah. Like a little escape. Yeah, absolutely. And this time we're in now has proven more than ever. I think people are relying on music now more than ever, and it's great. And maybe it will strip it back a little bit. And because we're going to start small and build up, these intimate underground raves are going to exist again, and the smaller promoters are going to have a chance, and everyone's going to get a piece of the pie. And but we love it all. We love the big festivals. We love the small, the small shows. So it's um, maybe a blessing in disguise, all of us, really. It's definitely going to be a bit of a reset for the whole industry, isn't it? Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, Jack, so what were your kind of musical influences growing up then, Jack? Uh, so bands like the Flaming Lips. I'm not sure if you heard of them. They were always in the house. Um, I'm trying to think of bands that aren't electronic, so not just dance music at the moment. So Flaming Lips, Coldplay, um, amazing. And then just just like Radio One was all, always on on the on the sound systems in the house. So it was people end dubs. They stuck out stick out my mind. End dubs. <laughs> um, yes, brat brat. Yeah. Dizzy <laughs> 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 um, Rascal. Oh, amazing. Um, Cash is it Kesha? <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm, I'm, right. I'm just just trying to think of all, all the big pop songs. It stuck out my mind when I was, when the radio was on. Yeah. Right. No, no, oh, interesting though. No sort of hip hop or R and B. Well, no, that, that was that's later on when um, so my brother introduced me to like Fifty Cent and stuff, and that's where right, okay. I took took my own journey and discovered someone called Matt Miller, who was a massive influence to me. Just listening to my own music wise and, and that kind of sense. And then Do you know obviously, what, though? go on, carry on, Jack. Sorry, sorry, go on, Bob. No, sorry, I was just going to say the electronic side. Right, His names. Um, I'm interested though, Ben, to spin that question back on you. <laughs> so this has come up in, in a previous episode of this podcast. That I, was a, I was a little indie rock kid. Right, I was okay. kind of doing my kind of, yeah, indie rock, little, like gentle side of like metal. That's why there's these guitars behind me. Uh, that was, that was right. my introduction to music. It was kind of bands and dance music. And I, I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed to say this, but it's totally at odds with what most people who work in in, in dance music say my the the song that and the artist that changed me to liking dance music was calvin harris i got given for my birthday some ipod speakers they're these jbl ones called creature twos and they had a big subwoofer and two little kind of side ones and it was the first set of yeah. speakers i'd ever had where you could like turn the bass up so obviously I turned the bass on full straight away and iPod, iPod, yeah. <laughs> iPod was on shuffle or, or radio or whatever. And Calvin Harris, I'm not alone came on. And when yeah. that kind of like, when the bass kicks in on that, that for me was the first dance music track that I was like, Oh, all right. There's, there's, there's yeah, not just like cool. rock music. There's, there's like a whole nother world here. So I totally so came in. the first from- dance music track you ever heard? 
it was it was the first one that I ever connected with me properly. Um, and you know, kind of, I come in from the other end to to what most people I think, or at least what most people say was their first experience of dance music. You know, uh, very yeah, much I think came the, in from I think the commercial. The honest, end. the honest way, mate. Like Puffendorf, yeah. be cool, <laughs> check it out. I'm not trying to. Obviously, not trying to be cool with that one. It is what it is, and I don't think you should um, you should step away from it. I think it's cool. It's it's interesting because like the Indian rock, I was so exposed to that. My older brother is a guitarist in a band, mm. so but like growing up, you're not always. I'd go in and out of it, and then he'd he'd play it loud, and I'd hate it, and then I'd like it. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it was hip hop like. Cypress Hill, um, like the Chronic 2001. Do you know all the old old school? I mean, you wouldn't even consider it old school, but now when you look, it's nearly 20 years old. That's got to be old school now, isn't it? So, um, yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because everyone gets here differently. I think Loco Dice is one. He was a, a hip-hop producer before, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. And you can certainly use all them influences to as you as your weapon, I think. Yeah, for sure. And, and you, you know, wherever you start, you're then going to go on a journey of discovery through different yeah. genres and types of music. Going back to the sort of the, the band thing for me, all, a lot of my mates were in bands. We that was kind of like a, our social activity. We'd go and watch them in, watch people play and whatever. So you're kind of totally exposed to that. And that, yeah. that just defines kind of the, the music that you listen to, right? Because it's the culture. Absolutely. I think uh, when you see, um, living where I do, when you see people break up into different universities, you know if they're going to go off to Leeds, they're going to come back loving house because yep. Leeds is so influenced by house. Whereas if you go, I can't really think of an example, but I'm trying to think, help me out here. If they go somewhere else, they're going to come back a bit in, more indie. And yeah, for sure. It, it is interesting that because your friends do have a huge influence and the circles you're kind of mixing in as to what you, you, you're you listening to. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Um, all right then, uh, Jack, let's get into your third pick then that makes... Third track. Um, so it's a little bit indie actually. It's um, Bronski beat, Small Town Boy. Oh yeah. Nice. You can't really argue with that one, can you? That's a that's a no. universally loved track. Yeah, little good, little feel, good tune. And what was it about it then that kind of connected with you? Um, I don't know. It well, it's it's, it's that whole eighty sound, the big gated snares, and your, your your octave octave bass. That's what really influenced me with um my first track, like with the um, octave bass lines stuff like that. Just that that eighty sound, it gets me. It's a little special spot. There's a definite 80s vibe in, in kind of some of the, the stuff that you produce, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It feels relevant again as well, doesn't it? As long as you're not going too there, and I've said this before, like just leaning on the best sort of attributes that the 80s have and the 90s have, and then making it your own and putting a modern spin on it, it seems to be a real strong combination right now. For sure. And I think, you know, this is, this is something... Uh, that I wanted to talk about particularly with you guys, which is um, kind of why we, we why I picked you guys to come in this podcast together because I think both of your sounds nod back to kind of nostalgic elements from from as you mentioned, kind of eighties or or nineties even, and and yeah. they kind of respect previous sounds, but putting a modern take on it is that yeah. is that something that is deliberate or is that something that you've just kind of 
your sound has come out like that? Let you go first. Uh, half and half, really. I think that using music that influenced you and the, using the elements that you like um, is what's going to make you connect with sort of making the record your own. So when you come to, to doing it, it's, it's kind of deliberate, but at the same time, you're just giving that record what, it, what you want to give it as well. Do you agree, Jack? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Because I think with me, I'll always make a track that I like. So I'm, I'm always trying to make music which I love myself. So yeah. the, the best test of whether or not you like your track is whether you're still sat in your chair while you're making it. You know, when you're on a vibe and you're jamming out, you've got a little idea and you're no longer in your chair. That's when you know yeah. you've got a decent and, idea going. And I think um, my... I'm, I'm not one of these deluded people like I am my own worst critic so if it doesn't I make hundreds of tracks and not everything makes the cut because I am very critical on mm. myself and I think you've got to be haven't you because how many most, times most creatives are. yeah you've got to be man like how many times do people send you music and you think god this isn't even 20% done like come on yeah. like you yeah, can't be just, like that in the industry. The other week, I had someone in my inbox asking, oh, can you listen to this track that I've done? He sends me like three, well, at least five songs and they're all like a minute clips. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not even finished and I was just like, hang fire, just be be patient. Yeah, yeah. ideas and um, Absolutely. then we can go from there, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And and put if you if you don't trust your own judgment, put yourself around people that are honest, that aren't going to blow smoke up your ass because it's going to get you nowhere. Yeah. Are you like me? You know, when you send someone a track and they say they like it, do you never believe them? Um, I've gone through different stages now. Um, I kind of know... I'm, a, I'm always open-minded, so like with the, when we have like an A&R meeting once a week with anything that I've done, uh, or once every couple of weeks, and I've kind of learned the balance of when to dig your heels in and when to, to, cause you've got to be open-minded. Mm. Um, but it's sometimes, I don't know how much A and R has gone into your records, Jack, but sometimes someone might suggest something and your experience just tells you that you absolutely know that won't work. You've got, got examples of things like that. Um, I don't, do you know, like On maybe when someone might, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe when someone might suggest like another melody and you're like, God, this is already layered, layered, it's full. Uh, yeah. just, it's just not going to work. Yeah, and you're like, no. fucking lead lines in it. Exactly, and you're like, fuck, no. And you just think, but then they might suggest something and you'd be like, fuck, yeah, that's, that's mint. Yeah, I'll give that a go. That could work. Yeah. But you've got to be open-minded. It's hard to get that balance of being open-minded on your music and being like, no, I'm the artist here and this is what I've got. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I think fresh ears for me, the most like pointers I take away and go back and reflect on is more kind of arrangement-wise. So they say, yeah. oh, this, this part of the track drags, or I'm sick of this bit. Because you know yourself, you know when you're making a track, you'll be listening to the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So it's not really, you're probably not bored of it, but because you know it, you're not going to know when no, it You drags. can be though, can't you, a little bit? Yeah. You can, yeah. You can get a little bit like, but what everyone's hearing, you might have had some of this stuff on the revival. It's actually refreshing now because I haven't really listened to it um, for a while. So some of the stuff that's coming out on the 
Bye, which is um, my album mixtape out the end of this month, has, has been made a couple of years. So it, that's nice in a sense, but some hide, there was 12 versions of that. And then we went back to the first one. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like... Did you get any uh, ideas or tracks out of the other 11 ideas? No, uh, it was me. It was uh, early on in the sense of trying what everyone wanted and me not going, I know that won't work, I know that won't work, and you was, I was doing it. Um, and we went back with the original version and, yeah, 12, what got 12 versions later, back back to V1. <laughs> <laughs> but when producers send me stuff like V7, I'm like, thank God it's yeah. not just me. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, just, I've had like, I've been doing about three remixes over the past month and I then must have yeah. done about five versions on each one. It's horrible. Oh, yeah, it's, it is horrible because there's no, there's so many projects I can tell you about, like for instance, Get Me High, never opened again. Now, Frankie, you, you, you mentioned Get Me High there. I want to touch on this with both of you because both of you have had, I guess, a significant track that has kind of thrown you into the limelight. Obviously, Frankie, uh, Get Me High. Jack, it was uh, A Rose Between Two Thorns. And kind of how was, how was the experience of going from not, obviously, kind of not being new to music production because Frankie and I, you know, you had tons of releases, but kind of with a slightly different sound. Yeah, how did it kind of? How did it all take place? How did it feel going f- kind of straight right up there with the with the new sound? It w- it's weird. It's very weird, and it's something that I guess if you keep your your head on your feet on the ground, it's something that you actually never get used to. I still I still can't get used to uh, certain things that are happening now, and they've been happening for well over a year now. Every time I hear you announce my name on the radio, I I buzz about it. Um, everything like that you go from se- sending your music to, to people with no replies to people hitting you up wanting your music wanting to sign it wanting to play it and it's a crazy experience man and it's uh it's something i'll cherish forever really yeah same here. just basically echo what you've just said it was um because it was the first track that i ever released publicly i think it was new to me, but it kind of set my expectations quite high for the next couple of releases. Mm. Yeah, Do you know what that. I mean. So yeah. it, you know, it was, it was a strange. Obviously, it felt felt good at the time getting all the the radio one plays and stuff, and then yeah, oh, trying to best way to describe it really. Well, I guess he's kind of not that it feels like it it's expected, but it's it's kind of your first experience of that has been going straight in at the top, right? So. It's, yeah, it's difficult I th- I th- to, to then have a record that, for example, might then not connect or might not get the same support. Yeah, yeah I, was, I remember, because I think I released, in 2017, I released something like 52 tracks. And I was just firing them out, firing them out, because I thought, if, if I'm not going to get the attention, I thought, how am I going to get attention? I thought, well, what I'm going to showcase is consistency, that I am doing this day in, day out. This is my life. It's not one every so often. I'm doing this day in, day out. Let's fire them out, fire them out. But I remember what you, like, literally what you just said now, Jack, is like, when Get Me Eye come and it got everyone's attention, I remember for the first time ever in my career thinking, 
shit, I'm actually really nervous about my next release now. Yeah. <laughs> like I was genuinely really nervous. Like I remember posting it and it was words and it was Ben, your, your weekend one to watch. Um, <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> and um, you hit me up about it and I was thinking, oh, do you know what? Um, yeah, it, this feels good. You hit me up about it. Tiesto hit me up about it. Um, and then I can't remember the other person was, and that's always weird. I don't, do you know, with your music, Jack, do you find like get me high for an example was being hammered by Steve Waller, Taylor of us, Solomon, Nervo, Tiesto. And when you put them up there and see the shows yeah. that they're playing, that's I found mad, it's isn't it? mind boggling to think that old up, You've got Taylor of Us play closing their set at Afterlife at High High Ibiza, and then you've got Nervo playing it at Tomorrowland. And yeah, because I know hell? people like Crad, a big uh, yeah, yeah, big EDM yeah. DJ in my inbox hitting up for some of the music. I think it's because with our stuff, it's um, you know people go, "Oh, mate, what genre is this? What genre is called?" Yeah, this? And yeah. Like just just forget it because especially with ours, we take elements from all from, sorts um, of genres, a lot of different yeah. genres. Like I've got like trance and synth pop in quite a lot of my tracks. Yeah, same. Yeah, and then put them together. So I think that's why it kind of appeals to the the pad in um, Get Me High is from a Future House plugin um, mm. on Nexus. Oh, Nexus. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I never told anyone that. <laughs> but but I think that's that. <laughs> <What's> the, yeah. <laughs> But I think that's exactly kind of, you know, you guys are in unique positions in that the music you're both creating is totally separate and different from each other. But it's, it's kind of, and it's, it's definitely leading its, its sound, right? And it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's difficult to say it's a new genre because I, I couldn't put a name on it, but it, it's a new sound, right? Which I think is probably why, why both of your sounds have been so popular. Because we've had a long time where it's been, as we discussed earlier, you know, like house, tech house or whatever. All similar. Because I've had quite a lot of people kind of um, describe my sound as refreshing. Mm. I don't know if I've had that the same. People yeah. remember saying this, this sounds Yeah, yeah, refreshing. definitely. Not, not like yeah. what you're hearing all the time. I think it's restored, dare I say, a lot of faith in the, the DJs that have been around the block and have experienced so many genres come in and out because they're they want to see it go back to how it was they back to the golden era where it was and where people would stand the dj for four hours to be taken on yeah. that journey and i think our music definitely sits in that lane doesn't I, it i got a nice like you know that Sasha. dj tommy sunshine yeah yeah he's wicked yeah yeah he's mad him all the same people <laughs> that are hitting you up are hitting me up yeah <laughs> like, he, he um sent me a message asking for um a track and he went Every dipshit is making rave influence stuff these days. There's so few get it right. You nail the feeling. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, like, cheers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, um, he's very uh, passionate about the sound that we're doing. He's, yeah. He hit me up saying... Um, he's mad that he's he, seen his hair and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good guy. He, he hit me up um, a couple, about a year ago been, uh, uh, saying... You've, uh, you've injected emotion into music that's been missing for so many years. And he's like, I want to thank you, man. And he's like, everything that you're putting out right now, I'm supporting and it's amazing. And I was like, cheers. cheers nice, man. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it that's good. great words to receive, right? That must feel great. Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely. 
Frankie, I think we're still waiting on your third and final track that had a, a particular significance to your musical journey. So, right. I, I was, when you, when you put this question to, to me, I had a good long think because I wanted to think sort of honestly, but as well as like, because I'm sure ultimately all three of us here with the three record uh, choice, there's so many more, isn't there? That you it's an impossible question, of. isn't it? Of course. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question. So, but at the same time, it's a, it's a fun one to answer. So I tried to start, a, I tried to start a, kind of going from the beginning and moving up the years. So this one isn't as old, but I still remember it. This was a track that kind of kicked me up the arse to go, right, uh, you've got a job. I, was, I had a shit job, but, uh, which you put forward in front of music in a way because it's like, do, do music in your spare time and whatnot. And this was like, right, get, pull your finger out, start making music now. And it was, um, was, that the where you was that the moment where you started prioritizing music over? Yeah. It was like, right, come on, what are you doing? Like, you know, this is what you want to do. You know, you love this. So why are you not making it a priority instead of just squeezing it in? So, um, yeah, it was Benediction, Hot Nature, and it, nice. another just such like anthem, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Such a timeless. Movie. Again, the music we're trying to make, I think, is you want it to be timeless. You don't want it to, someone to listen back in a year and be sick of it. No, and that, that can often happen when things kind of just explode because that explosion is amazing, but then it does also make it like, right, I've heard that now. Whereas if tracks just constantly kind of creep up, it's nice. But I feel like over the years, you get those records like um, Benediction that somehow managed to live in every realm and be, you know, super, super credible. And it's, there was nothing compromised by, with the production of Benediction to make it commercial. Like, Cola, for instance, yeah, you know when people that. when people mention cola being commercial, or whatever that it's not commercial. No, it's, just connected. It was a record. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I think Benediction is one of those standout records for me that was like, wow, these guys are underground kings, and and the the living the sound good in the UK top forty. There's a real art to making a track that can connect at both an underground and kind of a, you know, a, 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 a ge- I don't want to say general public because that sounds, that sounds negative, but like a, on a real consumer basis, a track that you don't have to be a, a real hardcore dance music fan to appreciate. Yeah. And I think that they're, they're only ever achieved organically because I'm, I'm kind of, a, I don't want to jump the gun on, on the record I've got out at the moment, but the way, things are going we've come together it seems like it could it, i mean it's being played on daytime radio and it it fits in it, it it was played the other day uh after the 1975 and then post malone was on after it and it was like Connect, <laughs> nice. this is crazy <laughs> and but that record was never made to go right i think if you go into the studio with a mindset of let's make a hit it, you can either smell it a mile off when you hear these kind of manufactured tracks where you think, yeah, you're chasing it there or you just come out with absolute shit. And that's what I, one thing I will never do. I go in the studio with a mindset of just having some fun and trying to make something I like. And then if it turns into something, 
amazing. But if not, I've had some fun in the studio. Do you find your best tracks always um, happen the fastest? You make your best tracks? Get Me High was, was less than three hours, bro. Mm. Um, <laughs> Come Together was around four or five. And we, we mentioned it before, before we got cut off, but Get Me High was, was produced in the day, less than three hours. I, I car tested it. I went back to the studio the next morning. I gave it a, a little mix, no more than 20 minutes. Everything was nice because there wasn't loads to, to get right in it. There was less than 20 channels in it, and mm. it was never opened again. And Job done. Yeah. But you couldn't write that. You know, how long um, did yours take that arose in between two forms? With me, all my music always happens at about three in the morning, you know, and I'm slightly tired and I'm in some <laughs> weird sort of headspace. So I'll make it at, well, the, like with me, it's the arranging which takes the most time. Yeah. So the main idea, I do my music in like a, a 32 bar loop. So I'll, I write the build, going into the drop, and then it loops around keep adding bits and then I just right. stretch it out over time so that literally took me one evening and then arranging it about a week which you not find like I actually hate reopening projects because when I've done that in the past I've actually sabotaged yeah. something yeah. that was good glad you mentioned that because I said to your friend the other day now I'll force myself to get six minutes seven minutes of that yeah. track otherwise when I get, you just can't get back into that vibe no, you can't. You genuinely can't. Like you've got to. You, it's imperative for me, and it's good advice to give anyone that might be struggling because so many people are at a, a competent level to get sixteen or thirty-two bars down, and they don't know how to progress it. Mm. And I think as a producer, that is one of the hardest things is to is to build a formula because once you have your formula, you're there. And this is something that's took took me the time over the years, and I think that once I got that formula. It's how I was able to excel. So it's like, don't don't leave it where it is. Push on, map it out, bounce it, and then everything comes from either a, a drive or a dog walk with me, and I'll make the notes on my notes in my phone. Like, singing to, did you ever sing into your phone? Yeah, yeah, I do that all the time. I've yeah. done one at the moment. <laughs> I listen back to it yesterday. I thought, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do that again, awful. like two in the morning, I wake up the night day, and I'm just like, I would love to hear some of those voice notes. <laughs> you wouldn't. <laughs> you really wouldn't. <laughs> and you and never then, will. <laughs> and then you try, you try and go back in with those notes, open the project, and blast through the notes that you've got because it's you, you'll only be able to ever get that when you've got a clear head. And you say and notes there. Can you come up with the notes in your head? Do you? Can you? Write down the notes in your head. You, you said you said you write down the notes in your phone. Is that like musical notes? Yeah, no, or? as in write down notes in my head. Is like right at, at thirty seconds. I need to. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, 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 not like uh, not musical notes. Yeah, and then not like, yeah, yeah. So once you've listened to it and you've revised it, then it's important to go in and try and blast that out because you know that when you you've listened to it on a fresh head, it should be accurate. Um, yeah. And that's, again, if anything's kind of lacking, I will always do that. So I was in a um, kind of routine at one point of everything was kind of boxed on the Monday. Tuesday, I'd go in, box Monday's project, start Tuesday's project, and that would roll into Wednesday. And that worked for me. So it's not to say you have to create a masterpiece in the day because some people take it so literal. Like, right, uh, Frankie said he did get me out in three hours. This hadn't took three hours. This is shit. Book it off. 
because yeah. that ain't the message either, is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. How many hours um, a day do you spend in the studio? Are you in there every day? It depends. More or less every day, mate. But at the moment, like, if I'm not feeling inspired, it's not something I force. But at the same time, I do try and t- treat it as work. So, and my manager actually loves this, loves me for this. Like, you said you're the guy that's up till four in the morning. And my manager's like, what is it with producers? They always want to work till five in the morning. That just means I can't get older in the next day. Whereas <laughs> I, I do do them mad sessions, but I kind of, I'm quite routine. I'm a bit of a weirdo. Like I get up at half seven every day. I walk my dog. I go to the gym where my studio is. I train. Then I go in the studio and try and treat it like a nine to five, if you like. Yeah. What about you? All, all over the place, really. Just when yeah. I'm, like I said, when I'm feeling inspired, I come in every day. But if I'm not feeling inspired, I'll tend to work on mix downs or try and learn something new. I wouldn't just try and force out an idea because it's not yeah, going to work. No, that's what I've been doing. A lot of YouTube at the moment, but I'm really trying to push on with the piano. So yeah. a lot of my time at the moment has just been piano-based. Um, yeah, I've started learning guitar myself, so I've been trying to yeah. smash that out. Yeah, yeah. Wicked. You're not like the angry guitarist there. Do you, do you oh, remember you that see video? that? The scouser. <laughs> it was brilliant. I've got the bass here. Um... I can do ah. do a bit with it, but the guitar mate's too finicky for me. Yeah. I'm a bit like, oh, a little on there. Ah, yeah, okay. how are you getting on with it? No good. Well, I'm waiting on some new strings. I snapped the string. I've been doing um. There you go. Howard. He's his head. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking, I don't know. No, have you, have you heard of Ben Howard? Singer, yeah, yes, Ben Howard. So yeah. a lot of his songs, well, all of his songs, um, he tunes his guitar weirdly. So I was retuning the guitar and it just snapped, and I was gutted. Right. So. I think it's 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 really interesting to see that I, two you know producers who I think most people in the industry and just you know fans at home would would think are at the top of their games. It's really interesting to hear you both say, "Oh, I'm, I'm learning stuff on YouTube. Oh, and I'm learning a new instrument, and I'm doing this now." Learning every day, yeah, mate. You, and I don't care what level you're at. You're never done learning with this game. You know? I don't care what level you're mm. at. If you're Calvin Harris level, there's there's things we might know that he doesn't and there's there's certain things um i was on the um, on youtube the other day and i found a little shortcut that i thought god i bet even a beginner knows that and i what didn't know it, it but tell us your it, secret it, it, you are, oh it's not a secret mate it was just a little shortcut with quantitizing and i thought sometimes i've been i've Copy never used, i've never you now i've never used the brush tool in my life what did you produce on logic Brush tool, what, I'm not familiar with that, it, what does that do? Well, they, they, are you unable to? Yeah, yeah, it might the be something tool, else. So, they, when, I'm, when I'm drawing no, notes in, I can, you, can, you can draw them in manually and then quantitize them, but if you set your, your swing to like, on, you put, if you put it on 16, you can just draw like a running bass in with the brush tool, boom, 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 on 16 instead of going, duh, duh. Oh, I know, yeah, I never, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I never did that. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I was like, it was just like, right, yeah, that's nice. I've learned that today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I want to just touch quickly on something that we kind of, you know, discussed in the last five minutes or so. But how do you know when a track is finished? You both said about how the idea, it kind of gets down quickly and, and obviously it depends from track to track. But sometimes you just know that, that something feels right. How do you know when it's finished? What is the point where you stop going, oh, that needs this or that needs this? When you start trying to tune your hi hats or 
elements like that and you're going far, far too in-depth. That's what I know. Um, with me, a lot of the time when I'm finishing tracks, I'm usually taking bits away. So I've usually put far too much in there. It sounds a little bit too cluttered. And then I'll go in, refine it down, take little bits away and then just shelving it. So I'll shelve it for a week, come back, listen with fresh ears and then references right. as well. Compare it to others. The kind of... Um, Based on a feel, does it feel empty? Does it feel too full? And then box it off. Yeah. Everything of mine um, from a couple of years ago was always too full. I always thought I had to have more drums, more. And yeah. now my my motto is now, like, less is more for me. 100%. Um, it's so much easier when you come into your mix down as well. Just mix down, mate. Absolutely. Hi-hat stand like, out, et cetera. Absolutely, mate. Like when you've got stuff fighting to come through, the mix down process is just horrendous. Whereas when when everything's able to breathe and it, it's there's plenty of separation, something will sound naturally bigger anyway. Mm. So yeah, less is more in that sense. Um, I don't know really. I think experience, Ben, plays a big part in that, um, and like. Like um, Jack says, maybe referencing stuff to think like, right, yeah, this progresses right. Yeah, it, it sounds it sounds big enough, but th- we we're, we're experiencing a lot of music now where uh, people are trying to achieve different things out of it, aren't they? Like, look, at, listen to all your minimal stuff. It's um, their their sort of aim of how what they want out of a track is totally different to something that we're producing. So every producer is going to have a sort of different uh, take on that, really. Yeah. Well, look, guys, I think that's a, a good place for us to kind of to wrap this up. I just want to ask you both one final question, which is kind of what's, what's on the immediate horizon for you guys then? Jack, do you want to start? Um, yes, yeah, so I've got about three remixes coming up. Uh, for me, Ben, it'd have to be the Revival Volume 1. Um, mm. That's out uh, at the end of this month. I'm really excited about that. Now we've been talking about that for a while since since I've known you. We've been talking about the the album project yeah. and, or the mixtape project. Um, how kind of how significant is this f- for you? I think it's it's very 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 significant. Like it it says you you, you release one track at a time and you you slowly kind of getting that message across as to like what you want to say as an artist but i think this as a complete body of work says it for me perfectly um it showcases a lot um a lot of the stuff that you you may both may have heard if you heard the future stars mix for pete tong um that was basically um a little sneak preview of what's what the mixtape is about so for me, I think it, it gives me that identity that I want as an artist and what people, they'll know what to expect if they're coming to see a live show. So I think it's very important for me, really. Brilliant. Well, look, guys, really looking forward to hearing both of your forthcoming <coughs> releases. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast and having a chat. Yeah, no it's been a pleasure for having us, man. And nice to meet you, Jack, bro. It's, and you, uh, mate, good to chat. Pleasure, bro. 